0: Yaakov Avinu said to Yisochar, Yisochar chamayir gorim. Yisochar is like a donkey with solid bones, just like a donkey carries a heavy load with great effort for his master. The same thing, Yisochar carries the yoke of Torah. Yisochar, the shevet Yisochar, produced an overwhelming amount of of talmidei chachamim, Torah scholars. And to become a Torah scholar, it takes to a to take on the yoke of Teirah and to study laboriously uh, for, for day and night. Now, the Medrash, the puzzling Medrash, the Medrash says that the reason Yaakov compared Yisrocha to a donkey is because of what happened right before Yisrocha was born. In other words, this Pasha takes us back to the event that took place between Rachel and Leah. Right before Yisachar was born, as we remember from Pashas Vayetze, Rachel saw the flowers in the hands of Ruvé, the son of Leah. She desired to have those flowers, and uh, Leah agreed to give her the flowers in exchange for Rachel seeding the privilege of having Yaakov for her and giving Yaakov instead that night as an extra night for Leah. Leah wanted to have another child, so she was willing to seed those flowers in exchange for Rachel giving her night with Yaakov up for Leah. And it says that from this union between Leah and Yaakov, Yisacher was born. So says in the Medrash, it says in the Pasuk that like this, Leah, at the end of the day, she was waiting for Yaakov to come home after a day in the field so that she could tell him that tonight it wouldn't be, Rachel it would be her she says she went towards Yaakov. She met him halfway to welcome him and to announce to him the news that she's going to have him. So the question the Medrash asked, how did she know that Yaakov is walking home? It was a long walk, it was a distance. How did she know to walk towards Yaakov? It says the she heard a donkey cry and from that cry she understood that Yaakov was on his way home. So she went and walked towards him and met him halfway to welcome him and to announce to him the news. And this is why, says the Medrash, Yaakov Avinu, at the end of his life, said to Yisachar, Yisachar hameir Gorim, you were born because of a donkey, because of the cry of that donkey, that cried that night uh, when Leah was going to be with Yaakov very strange juxtaposition that the Yaakov's analogy of Yisachar to a donkey is because of the cry of a donkey that happened before he was born. And the Orachayim gives a marvelous explanation of this medrash. It says that Yisachar by nature innately had a predisposition for, material, for a materialistic lifestyle. Yisochah was predisposed to be a materialistic person, and Yisochah had to overcome those natural materialistic tendencies in his heart to become a Torah scholar, a Talmud Chacham. It took a lot of work. In fact, I believe Yitzchok says that this is the meaning of the pasuk Yisochah chamir gorem. What made Yisochah so great? that he was an innocent, pure soul. No, just the opposite. What makes a person really great is when a person faces spiritual adversity and overcomes it. It defeats his own Yitzhah. That's what makes him great. Yitzhah, what made Yitzhah so great is chamur Gorem, is the the natural disposition that Yitzhah had to be a, a materialistic person, a crude person. And he overcame that like a donkey. He worked hard to take the yoke of Torah in spite of himself. This is what made Yisocha so great. Chamur Gorem. Gorem means caused. What caused Yisocha to be who he was is the is in him. It says the Orchaim this predisposition in Yisocha's soul, in Yisocha's heart, to be predisposed to a materialistic type of lifestyle, came as a result of Leah's bargaining with Rachel, trying to get Yaakov for her that night. This type of conversation, says the Orachai Makadosh, gives at least the appearance of being somewhat spiritually distasteful. To bargain the, this type of connection and an activity uh, openly with, his, with her sister, uh, was, uh, as he says, he uses very sensitive language, ein, at least to the appearance of the eye, Chutz he was outside the, the normal path of ethics and morality. And he says, because of that, because of those circumstances that surrounded the conception of Yisachar. That was somewhat marred with this slightly, at least apparent, um, distasteful circumstances. is why Yisachar developed this uh, disposition, natural predisposition uh, for materialistic pursuits. But Yisachar never thus overcame it. A person can overcome any tendency. And he overcame it, and because of that, he became the great Yesucha. Now the Chaim continues and says a remarkable thing. The next Pasag Yaakov says, Yesuha saw that the restfulness is good. And that the land was pleasant. And nevertheless, he lent his shoulders, he lent his shoulder to bear. The sacrifices that come with learning Torah. Says the Orechaimah Kodesh that what's buried in that Pasuk, a recipe that Yisocha used to transform his coarse and natural disposition for materialistic pursuits. And he says, Menucha means, Menucha means restfulness. What's called Menucha? Chai is the world of spirituality, the eternal world. It's called Shabbos and Menucha. Why is it called Menucha, restfulness? Because it's a place and it's a time when there is no struggle. Evil will vanish from the face of the earth when Mashiach comes. So it's called Menucha. It's, it's restful and peaceful, no struggle, no challenges from evil he saw that the true peacefulness in a person's life does not come from the satisfaction of the animalistic cravings of the body. Just to satisfy the body does not lead to ultimate peace of mind. The true peace of mind comes from a, um, a, an involvement with a world that's truly peaceful that frees a person from the struggles of the animal, struggles of the Yitzhahorah, that's the true meaning of menucha And that's why he chose uh, a commitment to spiritual life, to become a Talmud Chachem, to carry the Yoke of Teirah. is the Eretz achaim, as we know, is the Ghanadin, the world of spirituality. No that that is truly sweet. He realized that the sweetness that the Nefesh of Bahamis has, The animalistic instincts of the body that gives the person the illusion that things are sweet and pleasant, that's not truly uh, pleasant. It's only an illusion. The true sweetness lies in the spiritual realm. And he explains, the Haimokot explains this in a very clear, logical, and compelling way. He says, the body develops in a person's mind a sense of illusion, like a fantasy. That we crave, let's say, food, but when we're hungry, we're starving. Our bodies are deprived of food. So when we see food, in our minds we have this illusion, this fantasy, that there's something magically attractive about this food. And we're drawn to it. But the truth is, what the cause behind this attraction is not the food. There's nothing special about the food. It's the condition our body is in. Our body has been deprived of food for a period of time. So the body then craves what it sees. When it sees that something that's edible and that's food and that looks good, it craves it. And the proof of that is, imagine a person was hungry and then ate plenty. when he ate plenty, he ate to his fill. At that moment, after he satisfied himself, in his, especially if he stuffed himself with food, he can't bear to look at it. The same food was so attractive, um, and so magically uh, desirable, before he ate, now that he ate, he had his fill, it becomes unattractive. So that proves that the attraction did not come from the food, the source of the attraction was in the condition of the body. This says, but the, when the neshama develops and discovers the beauty and the sweetness of ruchnias, of the spiritual realm, there the, the attraction is from the thing itself. There's something intrinsically pleasant, noema, and attractive about in, in delving into a world of spirituality, connecting with a mitzvah, connecting with a word of Torah, discovering the endless richness and opportunity that lies in a mitzvah, or in a word of Torah. What's fascinating about this, the the Orachim tells us that the parasha teaches us what is the best method for um, defeating the cravings and attractions of the Nefesh Abamis, of the animal soul. is by speaking the language of the animal itself. What is the animal, what causes the animal to be attracted to things? is because it imagines that this is sweet, this is pleasant, or this is good, this is peaceful. If I deprive myself of this craving, I'll be lacking peace of mind. I'll be frustrated. But that's only in the short run. In the long run, what's really pleasant, and what really brings peace of mind, is the ability for us to transcend those cravings. And, only when you speak to the nefesh is the language that it knows, that it craves for sweetness, as Khsidim used to say, if the nefesh baamis would know how sweet godliness a locus is, it would instead of running to a sweet apple, it would be running to daven and to learn to do mitzvahs. The problem is that nefesh B'hamis confuses and thinks that this artificial illusion of sweetness is real and has no clue what true sweetness is but he saw what true is and he saw what true sweetness is